everybody. Welcome back to the Proletariat Lariat. We miss you as much as you've missed us. We are back after a pretty action-packed month of April, which ain't over yet. But uh, we had WrestleMania and all the, the accompanying events. Uh, so we've had time to process all of this. And we're back with some premium content that's coming to you for free on our podcast, which is the lefty take, the organizing, paralleling, Russell talk that you've, uh, not the podcast Russell talk does. This is a completely different experience (laughs) with good vibes. Um, Russell talk maybe has good vibes too. But anyway, let's go around the horn and see how everybody's doing. CB, tell us what's up with you and your elite and delete for the week or month, actually. Yeah, it's it's been a long time, so uh, it uh, you know I haven't really I haven't been watching AEW again. Um, I did watch uh, I think an episode a while back that was real. I think I watched Rio versus uh, Jamie Hader, uh, and that was a really good match. Um, I really like yeah. Rio, um, but otherwise I I just have not tuned into anything i did see the clip of uh jericho involving himself in the feud with the outcasts and uh you know jamie hater and dr rip baker and i'm kind of disappointed because i kind of wanted the women to do their own thing but now adam cole is involved apparently so yeah anyway that's my elite and delete for the month uh i'll pass it over to austin g yeah, baby. Thank you, CB. Oh, my goodness. I am so happy to be back on with you all as well. Apologies for my busy schedule these last couple weeks, to say the least. Oh, my goodness. It Not only has it been an eventful month for wrestling, it's been an eventful month for your boy. So that is, once again, thank you, my three beautiful co-hosts, uh, for coming back to me here for this podcast that I'm so excited to record. I say this every time, and I'm going to say it again. This is one of the happiest moments for me throughout the week that's not even bullshitting dare i even say the vibes are so good right now i did just say that so boom um (laughs) you're not working (laughs) exactly so i am not working you all so this is a straight (laughs) shoot so as far as my (laughs) so as far as my elite and delete um oh my goodness am i allowed to have a couple different elites that like tie into each other because yes yes bend the rules a little bit so Oh my goodness. So CB, you mentioned like not really watching some AEW lately and fuck, I've been so busy. Like I've been like watching like clips and different matches and stuff like that. Um, from the things that I've been seeing, I, like I, I've been liking a lot of the things that I've at least been able to see. Right. I feel like we've had a really good month of wrestling, right? Like I was sad to see my boy Hobbs drop the belt, but I like Wardlow, right? In the end, I'm just happy to see them doing stuff, I guess is kind of where I'm at with that. Like, I'm happy to see Hobbs getting featured to some extent, right? Um, I liked WrestleMania, right? I thought WrestleMania was fun for the most part um, as the uh, unofficial WWE correspondent, right? Um, I know a lot of people were kind of salty about the ending or whatever with Cody not winning the belt, which that's a whole other thing entirely, right? Clearly they're... I think they're building up to the the WrestleMania 40 rematch, but like God, we'll see if they can even carry it that long. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But this sort of like elite that I kind of wanted to like tie it in or whatever. Oh my goodness. The greatest of all time. My man, bad bunny. He's back, baby. 
oh my goodness, isn't Bad Bunny back? You already know <laughs> that I love that. And they're going back to Puerto Rico for the first time since like 2005, which now there's some like shady stuff with the local government, which, wow, we're definitely deleting that. But as far as Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico and Dodo B, wow, isn't that super duper elite? I would have to say so. Um, as far as my dealing, can you explain that situation to us? Maybe give us way? the rundown for people, the Puerto Rico stuff. Sure. I mean, okay. I know. No, 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 no. Sure. I'd love to. So, oh my <laughs> goodness. There's a lot of layers here. There's a lot of layers here. So there hasn't been a WWE pay-per-view in Puerto Rico since I believe it was 2005. I think it was new year's revolution or 2006, something like that. Um, so this is like a big deal for like pro wrestling fans in Puerto Rico. The only promotions that run down there for the most part are WWC, WWC, right? The uh, Colones, Carlos Cologne, and like the local territory down there. Um, uh, WWE running an event in San Juan is a very big deal. Now, there were reports that came out saying that like the local government was a, like like paying WWE to run the show, like giving them some sort of money or some sort of like financial incentives uh, whatever the fuck those may be for WWE to actually run the show there. So aside from like the just general problematic aspect of public money going to like a private corporation to like run a show, right? I mean, the local government in Puerto Rico is just like deeply corrupted and fucked up. So like that's like a whole other like multi-layered conversation in and of itself. But I am a pro wrestling fan. And because I am a pro wrestling fan, I'm happy for my puerto rican pro wrestling fans right who get to see wwe live and knowing that bad bunny is going to be a part of it wrestling like it looks like he's going to be teaming with Rey mysterio against what is it damian mm-hmm. priest and dominic mysterio wow that's just that's beautiful so i'm happy for benito right as we call him bad bunny that's extremely good <laughs> um but as far as my delete because i don't want to take up too much time here because wow i'm so excited to be back you know what i'm deleting y'all you know what, you want to know what i'm deleting I'm deleting. What are you thinking, delete? <laughs> Thank you, DQ. Thank you. I, I am deleting. Hey, <laughs> I am deleting this goddamn WWE Endeavor UFC merger. That's what the fuck mm. I'm deleting. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I will not stand whole for Vince McMahon, Dana White, and Ari Emanuel all getting in bed together to monopolize the combat sports industry. I will not stand for this. This is some evil capitalist mm. bullshit, right? Now I'll leave, I'll leave it at that because I've already talked enough, and that's the whole thing in and of itself. I guess I'll, I'll pass it over to DQ. Thank you, Austin. Oh my gosh, that Endeavor merger is just like a Frankenstein monster from hell. Um, talk, hearing like Dana White and, and Vince McMahon use like the word synergy over and over again, <laughs> corporate synergy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah, so I've been doing good. I I I think I moved I moved in between the time of the last show and this show, I think. So now we're we're representing And he like just arrived. Like, yeah. Or just arrived. So yeah, we're in three different states, three different time zones, repping. If anything, we're spreading like a disease, um, but a good one. A, I guess a vibe oriented disease. Yes. Um, what, what is a good disease? I just want to know. Come on. The answer is the proletariat lariat. Oh, okay. Uh, That's a good one. All right. <laughs> um, not to trivialize diseases. We know they can be deadly. And I'm sorry. The my my delete for this week. This kind of um. This kind of points toward one of our topics later on, um, but is the 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 
the faction kind of disorientation in in um, AEW right now with the the firm and what's the other one that's uh the embassy but now swerve merged with the embassy mogul affiliate and the mogul the mogul affiliate like it's clear that they only really care about the elite and and basically that's it i know jericho appreciation society gets a lot of play but think of how many times uh you know like jake hager or uh <laughs> daddy magic and um angelo parker get mad it's just like i don't know it's complete like it's it's like there's no way to i think to make give people an indication that like aew doesn't have like really good creative stuff for people when they end up in these factions that just like trade members boot each other out go heel go face and it's like at this point what are we supposed to do about matt hardy like when he comes out like cheer boo just yell delete like what is <laughs> so i'm gonna yell delete after that that that's just just like man there's so much so many other things that could be going on tv um yeah just go back to like the drawing board and really get something together it's it's hard to watch um and i'm gonna give the elite to our our boy um sonata in new japan who finally between the last show and this one won the iwgp championship from okada sonata not not my not my favorite or anything i haven't been clamoring for a world title run but um really glad for him he's really he's really a good um great performer kind of was with uh, los ingobernables de Apon, but um left them for just five guys is what the faction's called and they're not named after the american hamburger joint they're, they're called just five guys and um someone representing a faction in, in new japan called just five guys won the world title so i think that's really funny but um props to to sonata long journey uh very very cool um great muda protege uh finally won that world title and uh, um i think it's going to be cool to see what happens i think it'll be better than the evil run who is another guy who broke off from um lij but had a completely disastrous run um but sonata congrats you get the, my elite i'm gonna swing it over to maria to see what's on her mind yeah and one of my elites was also in new japan stuff like i've just i was thinking earlier like how great it's been seeing mercedes um over there right now and like you know, just seeing like all of her costumes even, right? Like respecting different wrestlers and just like, it feels like she's more owning her character, more owning herself in the ring and like really being able to do all this stuff that she wasn't able to do in quite the same. I mean, she always had cute outfits, but like, you know, like I feel like there's like a whole different side of Mercedes that's like being allowed to blossom in a different way. Um I have also not watched that much wrestling recently. Um, same as CB, like after I got out of WrestleMania week, which was insane for me, I had just have not watched that much. But the Riho Jamie Hader for me was also really exciting. I thought it was like actually a good women's match in, in on AEW, which has not been the case. I feel like a lot of the women's matches have been like 
play fighting, like little like poof, little like fisty, like I don't like it's yeah, it hasn't been great. Um, but that actually felt like they were able to re- like do wrestling um, for a little bit, which was cool. Um, my delete though, going back to WrestleMania week again, it has to go to the situation with Giselle Shaw. That's still bugging me. Um, so if people hadn't followed it, uh, Giselle had posted about her experience at WrestleCon where, you know, like a bunch of wrestlers were signing stuff and meeting fans and Rick Steiner started saying, um, super transphobic stuff in earshot of pretty much everyone. And basically nobody stopped it from happening there. Like a couple of people intervened, but broadly, um, the accounts were that like, there were other like, uh, more like older guys and stuff like that. Like people who been around while respecting the wrestling community. And they all just said nothing. They did nothing. Um, and then like, <clears throat> Mick Foley goes on his a podcast talking about WrestleMania 2 or, or about WrestleCon specifically. Um, and he gets asked about the Steiner, the Rick Steiner thing. And he was like, oh, I did hear about the issue. You talking about the Steiner thing. The saddest thing, this is not diminishing Rick Steiner going out of his way to make one of the other guests feel really bad, which is really unfortunate. Um, the saddest thing is that the table next to mine was supposed to be the Bushwhackers. <laughs> Luke told me on Friday that Butch had made it, but he had to go to the ICU. I only found found out last night when I was getting ready for my red eye flight that Butch had passed away. That was the saddest thing about WrestleCon. <laughs> and Mick Foley, girl, what? Truly, I mean, not to take away from Butch passing away, but like that fucking like the fact that we're avoiding dealing with this, avoiding talking about it. In the moment, after the moment, no reflection, delete all of that shit. Yeah, you know, it was, it was pretty, I, you know, I didn't hear this, I didn't hear this Mick Foley thing where he had to like rank the sadness from table to table, which is just like, dude, usually he will come to like defensive things, I feel like, and say like something that's mm-hmm. along the lines of the right thing, but that's yeah. just rough stuff. <laughs> Like, I mean, I never, I never really like knew Rick Rick Steiner like on that personal level, like where his politics were or anything. So like, just learning this about him was just like, yeah, yeah, dude. And like, especially with like the current blitz on trans rights that's like sweeping, like through our political yeah. spectrum across. It's just like, it's deadly to be talking like this and. The fact that nobody said anything, I mean, speaks to one that we just cultural competency across the board and our, and like the greater society is just low. And that's Mm -hmm. from avoiding it. Like you said, Maria, like, which is, is just like, you know, can't unwind that, but can work on it from here on out, but just totally irresponsible of that dude. Um, And also since we, you know, we try to, create parallels to the organizing world and just like relating to people in general. Um, It just reminds me of, you know, nobody speaking up and the way sometimes people are given free passes and spaces, especially if they're like established members of something or been around for Mm -hmm. a while and, you know, they'll, they're on their way out the door anyway, or they're going to retire soon (laughs) or, you know, that, they're not really in power anymore and it's just kind of condoned and often drives away like participation from 
communities being targeted with this kind of like rhetoric or like display of bigotry. So, you know, for all his problematic, uh, whatever issues, I know CB um, is a diehard Jericho-holic. And Jericho <laughs> did actually <laughs> popped him. Jericho did um, did say like, you know, this dude, this yeah. dude needs to be talked to and like I volunteer to do that. And it, the story isn't like that Jericho's a hero, but like that somebody was like, no, nah, this ain't cool. And then like went further and sold Rick Steiner out completely. Like he's never been cool. Um, but yeah, more people need to do that. And in the moment. So like, you know, Giselle had a decent match on WrestleMania weekend and the impact pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Like it's clearly like contributing meaningful action to the the female division there um i don't know if they still call it knockouts it's a bit cringe but you know like (laughs) just just embrace it like there's going to be trans wrestlers and they're going to be contributing equally to like how much we love Mm -hmm. this stuff and obviously opening doors that are that still aren't open for old uh what was the name the the dog-faced gremlin rick steiner uh so yeah, I don't know if anyone else feels a certain way about that. Uh, yeah, I-, I wanted to hop in here. Um, so first of all, thank you, uh, Maria, for bringing this up. Obviously, this is a story that <clears throat> resonated with us when it happened, right? I know our we were talking a lot about it um, in the chat, right? I think it also goes without saying, kind of echoing some of the things that you both just said here, Maria and DQ, right? Like, just shouting out Giselle for having the courage to to come forward and like say what happened because of how much of a a prominent mm. figure and I mean not just of how prominent Rick Steiner is but obviously being you know a, a trans woman coming out and saying what happened to her right um, because this is these sorts of things are only going to stop happening when trans women or you know are not forced to have to do this themselves, right? When people in the room with them are calling this bullshit out when it happens, right? And I think when it comes to the Steiners in particular, I guess going back to what you just said as far as Jericho DQ, right? These guys had a reputation of as just always being just awful bullies, right? I feel like whenever you hear stories of like, oh my God, you should have seen the locker room in the 80s or 90s or whatever, there was all there's always some super fucked up Steiner Brothers story, right? And like, <laughs> I feel like these guys were like always allowed to like just act out or, or do whatever the fuck. So like when I heard this story, right, obviously, like you said, I don't know Rick Steiner's politics or whatever, but yeah, I, I hate to say it, it didn't really shock me, right? To hear that Rick Steiner uh, was the, a person that would do that sort of shit. Um, and, and that he would feel bold enough to do something that fucked up once again, because he was a lot, him and his his brother were allowed to do shit like that for so long. Um, which is why I'm happy to say, or I was happy to see he got removed, right? Obligatory. Fuck you, Rick Steiner. Right. That goes out. Also, I suppose (laughs) goes without saying, um, happy to see he got removed from the event. That is, um, since that's at least some level of accountability, I suppose. Um, but once again, driving home that that greater point of right, the importance of calling in not just your friends, right? I think we've talked in the past about calling in your friends when you need to, but also calling in, at least parlaying to the organizing context, calling in movement elders, right? How many times have mm-hmm. we seen, we've all seen 
movement elders who, oh, but you don't get it. This guy organized the bargaining sector in the 95, right? right. Yeah, he says yeah. weird shit all the time, but ah, it's, <laughs> that's just him, right? You know, we all know those characters, right? And like, yeah. and we got to stop hey, that cult. Yeah, please. my favorite, my favorite is the, uh, you know that guy who's a cop union organizer? He's great. <laughs> it's okay that he organized cops, but oh my God. we got to respect <laughs> him. Anyway, moving on. Here's the thing. That's a great example, though, CB, right? Like, because, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, obviously, there's literal examples of what you just said, right? But, like, even still, like, we all know those people, right, who, like, and we got to stop that shit. We, we, we yeah. got to stop this, oh, well, you know, this person did this thing before, so – yeah, they just disrespect all, you know, people and who gives a fuck and they're allowed to, right? Um mm. so you know, that's right. that's all that's another important angle. And yeah, go ahead, Maria. It's like I feel like that line is always used in this like weird ageist way too. Like it's like, oh, they're old or like they radicalized during these years or whatever. So that's why it's fine. And it's like do we believe like older people don't have the capacity to learn anything or grow or I mean right. what? Like that's kind of fucked right. up of you to say um because like i remember like people in 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 dsala and stuff too using that like to like we had this one guy for example who like refused to use pronouns and they're like well he's older (laughs) the fuck is that (laughs) like he doesn't like he can use pronouns like they're words and like he's capable of understanding them like the like so it's such a bizarre way to frame it um yeah, just to pick up on the point that Maria said, I just showed uh, a documentary on an anti-racist uh, group called the Baldies to my 76-year-old mother. Uh, it's never too late for anyone to learn new things or new politics or new ways of talking yeah. about people or to people. So yeah. fuck that excuse. <laughs> Right, like where where do we draw the line on like where that excuse doesn't check out anymore and then you have to like justify why it works only on the examples that you're saying, you know, if it doesn't let them get off the hook for everything. So it's just like, yeah, good point though. I just, all right. So yeah, that we just want to say Giselle, full support. Um, you know, anyone who's speaking out like that, you got CB to just drop the mic um i think something dropped over there um but yeah we just wanted to um thanks maria for bringing it up and full support and rick steiner oh cv's out of here uh rick steiner can get the uh the top rope bulldog um so yeah we wanted to move into our next topic all right, so we're going to swing over to CB right now for the next thing we're going to cover, and that is In Defense of Factions. Yeah, uh, actually, we talked a little bit about factions earlier, uh, so I was kind of surprised. Um, but I I just I had this thought, um, because I know, like, a, among many of us here, we're all in kind of minority leftist politics, and occasionally we get uh, painted as being factional. Uh, so I'm going to talk about, I'm going to tell you why I think factions are good and why we should defend them uh, in a wrestling context and a political uh, organizing context. So um, 
in wrestling and organizing, uh, our, uh, yeah, in wrestling and organizing, there are usually two types of factions. The friendship faction, you watch my back, I watch your back. And the, you know, we have a similar outlook on life, politics and everything. We're going to organize together. We're going to fight together, get ourselves over. Um, and so you usually see this, at least in DSA, in like different caucuses. Some caucuses are more about friendships, who's friends with who, and uh, the more political ones have more coherent politics, right? Like your LSC, your uh, Red Star, your Commie Caucus. Um, and then, uh, for example, in wrestling, the friendship uh, factions would be probably the elite, um, and then the you know the politics one. Would be the Dark Order, my favorite faction ever, for some stupid reason. Uh, <laughs> but what's the point of a faction? Thanks for asking, DQ. Uh, yeah, what is it? Yeah, the point of the faction is to help everyone get over. You know, this is a really good example of this in wrestling was Team Taz. I don't know we've talked about this on the uh, on the podcast before, but Team Taz was basically uh, Hobbs, Ricky Starks and hook and if you look at where those guys were just like three guys hanging out together uh a while back and now they're all over the card you know hook is one of the most popular guys on the roster uh same with ricky starks i think hobbs is getting there um and that's really cool um the in an organizing context the idea of, you know, you're helping to get your politics established as a, you know, I don't want to say a good or bad strain, but a predominant strain inside of the organization that you're in. Um, you know, you're putting forth a vision of what you want the org to be, basically. Um, and where this, this, this uh, analogy kind of, kind of diverges from one another is... When in wrestling, you either work against or work with other factions to accomplish your goals, right? But in, in organizing, like I always tell the listeners, you always want to be organizing for something, not against something. Um, you want to put your political opponent, so to speak, on the back foot. You know, we're organizing for transparency, blah, 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 blah. They're, they're whatever. That kind of thing. So, uh, how do you start a faction? Thanks, Austin. Uh, Tell us. You, you, you started a <laughs> faction by making an announcement in the ring. Uh, you know, starting a website, apparently. Uh, Join the dark Shout world. out to Unite to Win. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, I think you're talking about Dark was... Order. <laughs> no, no, Sorry. yeah, well, Dark Order does... <laughs> Yeah, Dark Order has a very like 1995 Flash yeah. style website, which makes me my inner child laugh a lot. Um, but an example of this would be MJF introducing the firm when they mm -hmm. first got started. MJF was like, "I'm putting this group together to help me get the the brass ring." Or no, that was the poker chip, right? Yeah, um, and yeah. then. And then the other thing is usually if there's a dominant faction of people beating each other up, um, 
like say the Jericho Appreciation Society, uh, they'll people will join together to oppose them, like uh, you know um, Eddie Kingston and uh, Ortiz and the Black Blackpool Combat Club before they turned heel. Um, and so, in summation, I just want to say that factions are not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, they can do a lot of good, both politically and in organizing, um, and also in wrestling for everyone involved. And uh, now I'm going to turn it over to Austin to tell you why factions are bad. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I, I actually do have things that I would say that to that. So thank you, CB, for introducing the topic here. Um, so I think – here's what I think. You know when a faction can go bad? Both in the pro wrestling context and the organizing context. Now we'll when I'm a, <laughs> thank you, DQ. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the nineties for this one. I look no further than some would say the greatest faction of all time, the NWO. Right? Cause what happens when a faction goes uh -oh. bad, both in pro wrestling and in organizing, when you adding too many random fucking people, right? When you just <laughs> onboarding and growing, and you're like, what? Why the fuck is this guy even in the group? What would they brought fucking, what, the disciple? What, Brutus Beefcakes? But why the fuck? What? You know? Oh, and man. I even, <laughs> and I even go to the organizing context. Oh, yeah, Buff. We love Buff, though. No, and I even go to the organizing context. <laughs> I am ashamed to admit that I have definitely been a part of factions that had a little bit too big of a tent. We'll say it that way, right? <laughs> and when the yeah. tent... I mean, some some would say we've all been a part of something that maybe had a little bit too big of a tent, right? So, yeah, yes. you know, when a tent a little too big, it's like, oh, shit, right? <laughs> then next thing you know, you're violating your own principles, and it's like, why the fuck am I even here, right? With that said, though, yeah. with that said, I will ultimately agree with you, CB, in the overall that I think, I think factions are a good thing. I think factions are a good thing, and here's why. Here's why. I think – so – when I think about the organizing context, you uh, you outlined a lot of this CB, right? But I think there is value in finding a group of people that share your same vision, share your same politics, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. It, it, to to not only like protect your politics, so to speak, but also to like um, what's the word I'm looking for? But just finding a a, a home, right? Like I think it is, and at the end of the day, it is human nature to seek out some sort of sense of community, right? And I think one of the easiest ways to do that, at least in my opinion, both in the organ in the organizing context and I guess in the pro wrestling context, right? Is through a faction, right? And I think to me, one of the most kind of both ways here, right? That is really good something that's really great about factions both in pro wrestling and in organizing, one of the best uh ways they can be utilized is veterans making sure that newer people are not getting taken advantage of, right? Or not yeah. getting passed over, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm. I, I just, I mean, I don't want to get too specific here or whatever, right? But like mm. when I look at like the DSA context, yeah, I said it. When I look at the DSA context, it's a shame, but it's true. Institutional memory and history is monopolized and weaponized, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. getting access to factions and old heads and veterans of former struggles is important, right? And that's absolutely the same case in the wrestling uh, context, right? You mentioned Team Taz, right? 
I'm sure Taz gave my man Ricky some pointers, right? Shit like that, right? Showing, and and, and I guess uh, you put it great, CB, in saying that it, they help people get over, right? Is kind of like the more uh, the clear way of kind of looking at it that way. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just like it. It's so easy in a mass organization or whatever the fuck we want to call it, or in a giant pro wrestling company to fall between the cracks, right? To fall into the crowd. And factions can be a big part of, of helping people uh, uh, navigate things. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm leave it. I'm gonna I'm leave it at that. You did a good job, CB. You've you've swayed me. How about that? You've swayed me. Hey, <laughs> thanks, Austin. I appreciate you like taking my jumbled mess and adding some stuff to it to make it presentable. So, yeah, thank you. And uh, I I'll uh, I'll just say thank you again and pass it over to DQ to tell us about our favorite. Uh, secret co-host CM Punk, who always inspires us to record an episode. <laughs> always providing the drama. Yeah, I was just gonna add before we would take it over to CM Punk. I feel like New Japan does a really good job of they've established uh, it's kind of faction based. So if you're not involved in one of like the four or five major groups, then you're you know it's you're not you don't really fit into the thing so like it makes more sense too i think with wrestling logic um when you see somebody getting beaten down like in the ring or backstage and nobody comes like this way there's always someone storming the scene and saving you from getting beaten to death basically you know if if they're if we're gonna allow people to get beaten on camera which is like something in like wrestling logic just becomes normalized and it's like what there's no way that would fly in any other sport um then like there's got to be someone to come save them if it's not going to be official so um you know i i always feel like they do a good job in the up through like the mentoring process and everything anything in organizing spaces too real quick to know is that um to the point of like being around people that think similarly but sometimes too just identify the way you do and having those safe spaces um, you know, where you can get shit done that, that doesn't, doesn't require voices of, of people who don't identify the same way or don't come from a similar background or whatever it is that unifies you. So yes, thank you CB for bringing this in. Um, I think, I think you made a, a good argument too, for like the perils Austin of like how we can ruin things. Um, but yeah, speaking of ruin things, <laughs> CM Punk is likely coming back to AEW. Um, and so we kind of wanted to touch on this because uh, he seems to be coming back minus a, a sort of accountability plan. Um, by all accounts, nothing has been repaired. And I'm not even sure if they've had like a sit down, like table talk um, with the parties who were affected. And it really should involve the entire AEW organization and Tony himself. Um, uh, so before I in- inject my my flavor on this, um, yeah, we just kind of wanted to talk about CM Punk. A uh, quick back backstory um, was injured uh, months and months ago, but before he went on um, like the injured injured list um, to to heal and repair. There was a huge issue with him selling out um, Hangman Adam Page 
in what they call the media scrum, which for those of you who don't know what that is, and I didn't a year ago, it was just like a backstage kind of media press conference basically after an event. And he was in an extreme place of privilege and power being the world champion. So it was really difficult as the owner, Tony Khan, sat next to him and allowed this scrum to scrum itself out until CM Punk had created so much heat that um, it actually ended in a real life uh, shoot, as Austin would say, uh, brawl um, between CM Punk, uh, the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega, and then uh, uh, Ace Still, who's like a a CM Punk kind of, the little fish swimming under the shark kind of character. Um, and it, nothing ever really got solved as far as we know. So there, no bridges were mended. No fences were mended. I don't even know what the analogy is. Nothing was solved and he is set to return. And that's on the back of a deal where AEW will be developing a new show with, um, Warner brothers discoveries blessing that is rumored to be on the back of CM Punk's popularity. So this show might not be uh, being produced or, or born without CM Punk as part of the deal. So a lot to unpack there. Uh, wanted to swing it around the horn to get everyone's thoughts on the, the kind of uh, message of let's just ignore the drama and organize, or let's just ignore the drama and plow forward with the new program. CV, what do you think? Yeah, no, I just want to say that this really bums me out because I know that Maria and I were really pulling for the Saturday show to be like the woman's show. And now the idea that it's going to just be a, a, a brand split with like CM Punk headlining just bums me the fuck out because women, the women on AEW uh, definitely need more time. Like, you can't have a good division if you're not giving them time. Like, there's just no way around that. And uh, so, again, women are getting the short end of the stick to satisfy a man's ego, basically. So what this comes down to. Uh, yeah, and that's that's my thought on it right now. And I'll pass it over to Maria. I mean, like, a bunch of men, though, right? Because, like... Uh... As much as like Punk may have started this in public, I know I'm the CM Punk. Me and Austin are like the CM Punk marks here. Not to defend, overly defend him, right? But like, if nobody's coming to the table to have this discussion and they're like, well, we'll just split up the groups even though it's the same locker room. Like that, that seems to me like an entirely unhealthy situation and like honestly ridiculous for a group of because I don't think any of the women wrestlers have been spoken on this in any type of way, right? So, like, a bunch of adult men, like, who can't just be like, I have these disagreements with you, you know, use their, like, I statements with each other. Like, (laughs) I I mean, like, come the fuck on. (laughs) Like, you know, like, now they have to have different shows because they can't just, like, get in, like, their feelings for, like, a minute and talk about shit. Like, it's ridiculous. I don't know. But like, yeah, like DQ was saying too, like, I just, there's this attitude I've seen in like, in in those sort of big tent spaces, right? Where like, people will be like, yeah, those other people are really bad, or these, you know, they might be Zionists, or they might be all these other things, or like, 
yeah, they're stopping us from having an LGBTQ caucus or yeah, they might hate black people, but like, you know, we'll just like do the work, do our work here in this corner and everything that they do, we'll, we'll just ignore that. Cause that's over there and we can do good stuff in this tiny little corner. And it doesn't really work like that. Right. Like uh, you can't just ignore the drama and just like plow forward. You have to actually, if you give a shit about the organization, if you give a shit about what, how, what you're doing is like reflected by these people or like represented by these people to the public. Like these are things you have to address. You have to like come together as a group and like work through, even if the end, like maybe CM Punk doesn't get to return for whatever reason. Like I, I think it is valuable and more important for them to actually have these kinds of conversations. Right. Sorry. That was slightly incoherent. Maybe. <laughs> no, that was really no, good. Was good. And there's there's like a million things I'd love to say about all of that, about everything that's been said so far. Um, and this is something like we've throughout the last month, anytime we've thought about recording, we've thought about a different CM Punk segment. So people, oh my goodness, <laughs> these, are, these are month long takes that are coming out right now. Okay. So this is also <laughs> going to be very incoherent. That was my preface for that. Um, so piggybacking on a lot of what, what Maria said there and, and also CB and DQ, some of the things you touched upon earlier, right? Like, We've talked a lot about Brawl Out or whatever the fuck they're calling it, right? The incident with CM Punk. Um, and like, like obviously, I would, I, would never def <laughs> I would never defend the things that Punk did at the time, right? Like, once again, he did bury his, mm -hmm. his fellow workers in public. Very fucked up, right? Um, yeah. at, this, at the same time, right? Like, I, I just refuse to accept this CM Punk is the devil narrative, right? And, and to me, I don't – and my refusal to accept that doesn't just come from, like, personal bias, right? I look at what other people have – who, like, I would look to be, like, neutral parties have said about this. I was particularly yeah. struck by Jade Cargill's comments when she talked about mm -hmm. Punk a couple months ago, right? And, like, when you see the interview and when she talks about CM Punk, she calls him what uh, – she says he's a great guy, right? And to me – when she said that, it really struck me as her knowing, yeah, I'm going to say something that is against conventional narrative because the conventional narrative mm -hmm. is bullshit, right? And, yeah. like, I look at somebody like Jade who, who, like, does Jade really have a vested interest in who the fuck was right in the fight or whatever the fuck? I mean, maybe you could say that for FTR, right? Probably when they defend punk publicly. But for somebody like Jade, right, to me, it just speaks to there being more – I am so – I really feel there is just more to all of this than we probably know or may ever mm -hmm. know. Right. And this yeah. leads me to something I've been wanting to talk about for months, <laughs> which is in, I'm sorry. What is it? I'm sorry. Thank you, Maria. I'm sorry. <laughs> but speaking of her personal experience, right. In-house investigations are bullshit. I'm sorry. Like yeah. I, I am, a, I am a in-house investigations are bullshit. I am an in-house investigations. Truther, right. In-house investigations <laughs> fundamentally are to protect mm -hmm. the institution, right? If we want to bring this to an organizing context. In-house investigations are not about protecting people who are hurt. They're about protecting institutions, right? And fuck everybody who was hurt, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, hmm. This idea that, like, there's an investigation and, oh, my God, we looked at all the people and we interviewed whatever the fuck, I'm extremely calling bullshit on that, right? Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I I've been in situations where, like, you upset the people who have their hands on the levers of power and because you've done that they now use the levers of power to fuck you over 
right? Now, I'm not saying that is what the elite has done or tried to do with CM Punk here, right? And once again, not defending anything CM Punk did, but I could easily see that be a scenario that has played out, right? And that's just speculation yeah. there. Okay, now bringing things uh, 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 fuller circle here to what you were bringing up there, Maria, which is fundamentally, yeah, there we go. We love it. Fundamentally, <laughs> um, regardless of who the fuck's right, who the fuck's wrong, blah, blah, blah. This wound has been allowed to fester, right? Mm -hmm. This yeah. wound has been allowed to fester. And bring once again, bring it back to the organizing context. As a company, AEW, as an organization, DSA, right? As a society, all of civilization, <laughs> we do not have proper spaces for healing. We do not have mm -hmm. proper spaces for reconciliation, right. for rehabilitation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so like right. it, it, there's not there's no way in AEW there or at least it mm -hmm. does not seem clear to me that an attempt was an honest attempt was made to reconcile things and it really felt like at the time that the approach from Tony and management was okay just go to your separate rooms and we're going to figure yeah. this out like <laughs> we'll wait for this all to blow over right and the wound was allowed yeah. to fester. Now people are sniping back, back and forth. Punk's on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, all this, which that's a whole other fucking thing. <laughs> like, all this other shit. And, like, it goes mm. back to, to what you said, Maria, which is, like, now we're getting to this situation where it's just, okay, fuck it. Like, we're going to split the brands. And, okay, there's going to be the Punk and FTR and all these other people over here. And and the Elite and the they're going to stay over here. And, like, and we're just never solving the problem, Right. We're never solving the problem. And it's, it's, it is a, if that is what ends up happening, oh, for God's sakes, like it is a compromise that is so doomed to fail on so many different levels. Like, mm -hmm. like I almost can't believe that they would do something like that. Almost, only that I unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. right. But like, it's true. It's yeah. like, cause let's be real. Like you're going to begin, first of all, you're going to begin a ratings war, right. Between mm -hmm. the two different brands or whatever the fuck we're going to call it. Like if there's this idea that, Oh yeah, they're, they're in brands and the beef is over now. Like that seems super delusional to me. Right. Because of how fucked up things have gone. Where's Colt Cabana going to go? Mm. What about ROH in this whole thing? <laughs> fuck ROH. Damn. Oh, right? We already got a second brand shit. Put them on TV. Um, True. But once again, I think, <laughs> I think for me, the overarching point of all of this, once again, who gives a fuck who's right, wrong, blah, blah, blah. As a company, as a society, we just do not do enough to 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 to, to resolve conflicts in a uh, a way that focuses on healing aggrieved parties, right? On a way that focuses on reconciliation, rehabilitation, and to me, that's that's the true dare I say tragedy mm -hmm. here that that was not mm -hmm. done from the get go. Anyways, that was convoluted, but there it is. Boom. Yeah, I'm gonna just take this opportunity to plug my resolution. If you're a, a DSA <laughs> member. Please take the time to sign uh, Proposal 24 to terminate the contract with uh, PB Work Solutions, our in-house investigator. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Please take that time. Amazing. Thank you, Austin. Yeah, the the in-house investigations, it, it just reminds me of like when police are like, We're, we'll definitely look into this. <laughs> we'll definitely look into this killing and like be like, yeah, we found that no officers were at fault and our training was actually really good. <laughs> yeah. I, raises I that, for everyone. That, yeah. Raises, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Against the will of everyone except the support, like the city council that... Um, 
Yeah, Austin, I think I think you hit like maybe the most important part of this is like the un the unwillingness on who whoever's part. Um, who doesn't want to get into a room. And that might speak to like the the kind of um what's the word where it's like just been perpetuated for a while, the perennial uh whatever it is, the ongoing kind of masculinity issue. Uh, or toxic masculinity, especially in wrestling of, you know, you're seen as like a weak or whatever for like selling that you're upset about something. Or like when you hear these old stories of wrestlers like ribbing each other where it's like, yeah, the British Bulldogs like shit in my bag, but I played it off like I didn't care and I didn't even notice. It's like, what? Like who who acts like that in a world? Like why wouldn't you just be like, hey, uh, hey, Davey, Smith, like I noticed you shit in my bag. What's wrong, dude? <laughs> like why did you do that? Like why would you? It's not prison. Like it, but that's a, that's like another thing where you like you show a little weakness and like you're like targeted because like you know like. And, and maybe that's not at play here, but like the fact that they're not able to, and I think, I think it was Maria who pointed out like all <clears throat> dudes like that we know of, like, uh, it kind of sounds like the same old, same old. And like, that's never going to change until, you know, frankly, we see things like John Moxley, which talking about his sobriety, you know, his fight with like alcohol addiction and whatever else he was going through, like just breaking that shit down, like, Hey, I'm a guy. Mm. I struggle with this. You know, you you decide if I'm weak for this, but like I I'm not preoccupied with that and I definitely want this like organization to like succeed. Um so yeah, maybe that's not being broken through either and that's a lot of fragile ego and and trauma and everything that play here that's also not being addressed. Um but one one other angle I wanted to bring up, I'm not sure if any of you have opinions on this, is um, Punk kind of functioning as a too big to fail figure in all of this. Um, whether mm. it's you know, I'm not saying like he's proclaimed himself, but he's being positioned as that, um, so that no matter what the drama is, no matter what's not being sorted out. We've got to move. AEW's got to move forward with the Saturday program, and Warner Brothers yeah. is not going to make that deal without Punk's name attached. Like, if you take, you know, our old friend capitalism out, and the money, the 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 driver here to like get a money deal to get to produce more content for a cable channel, and it's just about the art of pro wrestling. We're going to have Punk sit out until this is solved. There's just no question about it. There's no incentive to bring him back, you know, whether he's at fault or whoever's at fault. The issue is just not being sorted out. But when there's money at play, now it's just like, well, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll make this other program and eh, just hope it kind of works out. So, like, I think it's another reason to, to antagonize um, – if that's the right word, you know, wrestling for, for being like, you know, capitalist after all, which no surprise, it's Tony Khan's a billionaire. <laughs> we know they're dealing with Warner brothers, but it's just a reminder that punk, even though he's very popular mm-hmm. and has a lot of power and is rich is being used as a pawn 
to facilitate a deal going down and who's going to suffer likely the roster likely the fans like i'm preoccupied with this every time i see these dudes on tv i'm going to be wondering like oh is this an angle and it's like i want to forget about that after some point i don't want to i don't really care you know but i'm i'm thinking about it we're doing a podcast on it i'm assuming everyone else is thinking about it like i don't want any of these people to be like exploited this way and i know like you know the popularity of of these people drives it but in the end aew is working itself they create champions they create the popularity by who they choose to give pushes to and now they've made it so they can't can't sell this show without punk's involvement so in the end they've worked themselves too so i'm not sure before we close if anyone else wants to throw down any else go ahead austin yeah, real quick, and I know we're kind of getting close to the hour mark here, uh, but I just, just something I wanted to say that that you made me think of there, DQ, on the end there, that I think is another angle to what you're saying there, right? Like, so when it regards to Punk, right? Like, obviously, the obsession with money and making sure that he's there for um, to get the deal on the new show through. Also, I'm sure the Wembley event in England, right? Making sure to get yeah. to have as big turnout as possible, right? You need Punk for that. You know what I think is another angle here? Um tony khan and i parlay this to organizing as well tony khan here being absolutely obsessed with the w that is beating wwe mm-hmm. a refusal yep. to release cm punk a refusal to release andrade a refusal to release anybody <sighs> no matter who they're harming right because he's mm-hmm. obsessed with the w getting which we know people that are obsessed with the w right and will ruin lives and all that <laughs> shit right like th- that is a problem when you become so obsessed with the w that you stop giving a fuck about people around you and oh just fucking get over it we have to move on you think about the company think about the org right fuck, fuck your feelings right shit like that we have to win <laughs> we have to put w's yeah. on the board right we all know that mentality we all know these people i think that's a big part of it too right tony khan's refusal mm-hmm to see CM Punk go to WWE or once again, the Andrade example after he like punched Sammy Guevara or something like that. Right. And he's had what paid vacation ever since. Like, so like it's, yeah, I think that's, I just wanted to say, I think that's another angle to it as well. Yeah. I just, yeah. Just to add on stuffers, there's a bunch of wrestlers that are just sitting on their asses (laughs) because Tony Khan refuses to let them go. Miro, Andrade, Scorpio sky, uh, you know, and it sucks because obviously they want to do their job. Um, but yeah, Tony Khan is just this weird. Uh, I think what what's happening is that he's a big fanboy and he's got the money to do whatever he wants. Uh, and uh, so he really wants the whole like CM Punk to be. Yeah, he's got collector brain, which I definitely know because I collect things too. <laughs> um, yeah, but he. Same. he <laughs> he definitely just he wants them all he wants to have them all and mm-hmm. even if he doesn't use them he wants to have them mm-hmm. on the shelf and uh oh my yeah. gosh it's just you could do terrible oh god you could do <laughs> a pokemon got co- gotta collect them all oh, tony no. khan instead of pokemon <laughs> oh dude that's oh, so my true god. It out if you want but i feel yeah. like that's pretty good no, we're gonna leave I'll that in, guys. That's gonna be the new pod theme. We're gonna produce it. Got it. Oh wait, it's gotta catch them all. But yeah, collect them. <laughs> gotta catch them all, Tony Khan. Sorry. 
had to rerun it. I love it. That's why I cut you off, CB. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm glad that you did because that was. That's fucking beautiful, man. Like that's a moment that that's a moment that cannot be planned for, you know. It's just it's just the beauty of our podcast. So uh I guess on that note I will say goodbye to the audience and thank you for listening. So Yeah, did anyone wanna do any uh, plugs or shout outs before we get out of here? <laughs> just thumbs up. I'm um, I, I already did my plug, so uh, yeah. Uh, go sign, sign the resolution. BDS resolution yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah, go. Sign the LSC resolution. Sign the BDS re- resolution. We were talking about how the tent can be too big. You get too focused on the the W that you uh, you know, starts to being being like, uh, what you're, what are we winning exactly? Um, and for those reasons, sign the BDS resolution. Austin, uh, Puerto Rico. I'm always doing Puerto Rico work. I'm actually going to be in New York City in a couple of weeks. Oh my good. Oh my god. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing live appearances, baby. Yeah. No, I actually I am gonna be <laughs> I'm, so I'm gonna be in New York City in a couple of weeks for an event I'm doing with one of these nonprofits I work with, Ray Patriotas, working with like the Oh shit, hell yeah. We'll talk about that offline. Um, yeah, listeners, you don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Too bad. Um, no, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I'm going to be in New York City in a couple of weeks uh, for Ray Patriotas, just plugging them and some of their work. Obligatory plug for El Centro Solidario de Puerto Rico, who I always talk about. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically it. Uh, keep an Very eye out nice. for our uh, our show in 2030 in Wembley Stadium. Apparently, it only costs <laughs> oh eighty thousand dollars to rent out the stadium. So get started on that Patreon money, everybody. Yeah, we can probably get a really good headliner for that. Maybe the return of Outback Zach. <laughs> nah, we'll we'll have to talk yes. with Outback Zach. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess that brings us to. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I just since we talked about factions, I was gonna do a special shout out to um, Gabe Gabrielski. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, one of our former comrades in in Los Angeles, um, who I remember famously told me early on in my my uh, organizing journey, um, factions are are basically evil. <laughs> We've got to get rid of them because they <laughs> they split groups up. But I think it spoke more to you know the way that we can like use them to oppose each other and you know segregate rather than find strength in them and come back together and, and rock the show. Um, so I always respected Gabe cause he worked across the many factions and this just kind of reminded me of him. He's only been dead for a couple of years, so it's still pretty fresh. So I'll say rest in peace to you, Gabe and um, celebration of life for the Gabe. We still have who did not make a run in uh, see these <laughs> cat there. And no, he's, uh, we're going to passed out. So Gabe's in his own faction. Um, So yeah, we're going to split. I'll say join your local tenants union and we'll see your ass in the street. Fight like hell. Peace. Peace.